love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number seven of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. It's a pleasure to be with you this week, as it is each and every week. As we get the mayhem going, you can download the show wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. We are available in Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. You know the drill. Download, rate, subscribe. Um, I'm going to start off the show here this week with a bit of a victory lap. I believe that the show has only been around for a little over a month, but I think that we've already launched our first sports media career. Jonathan Papelbon, or JPAP58, as he's also known uh, you are a media star, my friend. We had Papabon on the show last week. He said some pretty explosive things about the Red Sox front office, mainly how he thinks they can, how they think they can outsmart everybody else. He took those comments a step further on WEI last Friday, saying that he doesn't think Heim Bloom, the Red Sox general manager, will last very long in Boston with this current approach. And Papelbon would be a great hire for any radio station or TV station that wants to do that. He has the right idea about how to succeed in this business. Say shit. <laughs> Just say shit that people pay attention to. You'll go viral. You gain traction. There you go. Of course, it also helps that Papelbon was a great closer and is speaking from an area of knowledge when he talks about his ex-teammates, ex-coaches, former teams. He certainly had a lot to say about the Phillies organization over the last few weeks and had a lot to say about the Red Sox last week as well on this podcast and some other shows that he was doing. Uh, So yes, it does help, of course, if you have credibility, but Papelbon has that. He would be a great hire because as I was saying to him on the show, it's rare for a recently retired ex-athlete to speak as freely as he does. That's what made him a great interview as a player. And that's what will make him a great media guy. If someone wants to hire him to talk out of his, you know what? Uh, so again, very proud to say that I think we've played a role in launching the first sports media career from the show, Jonathan Papelbon, J-Pap, just remember where you came from, my friend. Uh, we have a good guest coming up on the show this week, actually a good friend of mine who I haven't seen in quite a while, so I'm very appreciative for this, uh, face-to-face video, uh, recording that we do. Uh, for interviews on the show. Mike Mutnansky is a host in w- on WEI in Boston. He's the host of the Monday Night Show, Weeknights. He's also been a part of the Red Sox radio broadcasts for many years as well. And this past weekend, Mutt got his first opportunity to serve as a car analyst for all nine innings. And he did some pretty unique things. He really brought a lot of talk show elements into the baseball booth. This has been a pet project of mine for quite a while about how Just about everything in the world has changed since, I don't know, let's say 1965, except baseball broadcasts on the radio. Uh, So I give Mutt a lot of credit for stepping into the booth this weekend and doing something pretty new and pretty fresh. And I think that a lot of people enjoyed it as well. So I talked to Mutt about his time in the booth and all sorts of other general sports and sports media topics, including, including, I think, the ungodly spin that we are going to get at a Patriots training camp this summer. And it's already started to an extent. And, you know, I'm always very interested in how Bill Belichick handles the media because he does have a really clear media strategy. 
And that media strategy is just beat down the reporters until they have nothing left. And I'm always fascinated to see how that process goes. I think largely because I'm not in those rooms with Belichick when he's grumbling away. Uh, So from the outside, it can be fascinating to follow. And you're seeing Belichick. If there was a quintessential Belichick media strategy, it would be what he's done this offseason and yesterday, Tuesday, the start of Patriots training camp when it comes to their bizarre lack of official coordinators. This is example 1A of how Belichick likes to grind down the press. And as members of the media, we can't let him get away with it. We can't play this game with him. I'll explain. Let's start with the backstory here. All offseason, as you may know, Belichick has dismissed the importance of titles on his coaching staff. He's really talked about coordinators like they don't matter. And if I were Josh McDaniels, I would take a lot of offense to that. Uh, Belichick has laughed off concerns about not having an offensive or defensive coordinator saying at the league meetings, it will be many months before we call plays, repeated those lines in May at minicamp. And then Tuesday at the start of training camp, yes, the real thing, Belichick repeated his spiel, quote, we're not really big on titles and all of that. I think it's important that we all work together and create a good final product. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we've always done. Okay, again, we're not big on titles. They don't matter. Yet earlier in the press conference, Belichick emphasized the importance of his title as head coach. Quote, look, I'm the head coach. Ultimately, I'm responsible for everything. So what is it? Do titles matter? They don't matter. Well, I think that's the closest Belichick will get to providing an actual answer for his titleless staff. He wants to protect them. Naming coordinators comes with giving others responsibilities. And Belichick doesn't trust Joe Judge or Matt Patricia to, let's say, be the face of the offensive game plan or handle those weekly calls with the reporters. That must be it. Well, that, and as Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston mentioned, uh, Belichick may not want to pay Patricia in 2022 either. And by not naming him an offensive coordinator, the Lions are still on the hook for his salary this year. So that probably plays a role as well. But ultimately, Belichick is protecting his guys. He's protecting Patricia. He's protecting Joe Judge. And as Mike Florio mentioned earlier this summer, he's possibly protecting his kids as well. Let's be honest. The Patriots have not had an official defensive coordinator since 2018. And the way that they ended the season against Buffalo, getting blown out in prime time and then getting blown out in the playoffs, not even being not not even being able to force a punt, and that is not an exaggeration, those are the kinds of performances that typically get defensive coordinators fired. But oh, Guess who is the Patriots' de facto defensive coordinator? That would be Steve Belichick. And guess who is one of the Patriots' secondary coaches? Oh, that would be Brian Belichick. And Florio floated this idea, and it's a really good one. By not naming Steve Belichick, for example, as defensive coordinator, Belichick does not put himself in a position where he may have to fire his son. And if Steve Belichick is not front and center as D coordinator, 
then Belichick can still hold others on his staff accountable without creating a lot of tension, right? I mean, how would that play out? Steve Belichick, son of Bill Belichick, is defensive coordinator. Bill's not going to fire his kid. Few people would fire their kids. So how do you avoid that situation? Just don't give him the title, and then nobody will ask. And that's what Belichick is hoping will happen, that nobody will ask. So, yeah, don't ask, but that doesn't mean let him off the hook. Here's what's going to happen. And pretty much everybody who's been down at training camp or has covered the team, been around them this offseason, talks to people in the organization, everybody in the know, so to speak, says that Matt Patricia is going to be the de facto offensive coordinator and probably call the plays as well. That's what Tom Curran says. Mike Reese has floated that idea. Ben Bolin said that Tuesday. Our own Kyrie Thompson and Andy Hart have been saying that as well. Matt Patricia is probably going to be the de facto OC and call plays. So let's just operate off of that and move on and observe what's going to happen. And don't be afraid to ask Belichick about Matt Patricia specifically, because if you just keep asking about who's the coordinator, who's calling plays, Belichick will stonewall, 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 and hope to just eventually grind everybody down. And that's what he's been trying to do. And it's a really annoying cat and mouse game, but there has to be a way around that because let's be honest, we know Belichick is not being truthful. We're not really big on titles. Please, uh, you've had official offensive coordinators in the past. McDaniels was the OC for 12 years. I mean, you are big on titles. Just not when they may put your friends or your kids in harm's way. And I think that is exactly what's happening here. And as I also mentioned, we have to be on the lookout for Patriots spin. Anybody who says that the Patriots not having an official offensive coordinator is a good thing is getting their talking points straight from Patriot place. Here's what Robert Griffin III recently said on ESPN's first take. Quote, it's an advantage for the Patriots. Every offensive coordinator that I've ever worked with and every defensive coordinator that I've ever gone up against, they have a shtick. Something that you know, like, this is a massive tendency that they're going to do. But if you're the Patriots and you don't have that documented, it gives you a slight advantage. If you know anything about Bill Belichick, he's looking at every advantage he can find. And that is such baloney. That is one of the craziest things I have ever heard, at least in regards to football analysis. You're saying, RG3, that not having offensive or defensive coordinators is an advantage. So you're saying that every single team in the NFL, including the Patriots, have done it wrong up to this point. Belichick, once again, smarter than everybody else. No way. That's ridiculous. If it was such an advantage, a team would have tried that before the 2022 Patriots, who, oh, by the way, don't have an offensive coordinator because, well, they also don't have an offensive coordinator. They're entrusting Matt Patricia and Joe Judge of all people, to fill those roles. And then Griffin also, to back up his point, 
talked about how the Patriots in the past have not had coordinators, such as in 2010. Yes, in 2010, when McDaniels left for Denver, they did not have an official offensive coordinator that season, and they did go 14-2, and as RG3 pointed out in the segment. But, oh, guess who was playing quarterback for the Patriots when they didn't have a coordinator in 2010? That would be Tom Brady. And that's the other big difference that if anybody, anybody talks about the Patriots not having coordinators in the past, the Patriots and a fluctuating coaching staff, anybody who brings up the past and does not mention that, oh yeah, Tom Brady was the quarterback, is getting their lines directly from the bowels of Gillette Stadium. Seriously. That's why the Patriots in the past have been able to get away with no official OC or ambiguous positions on the offensive staff because of Tom Brady. That's why. Oh, come on, RG3. You should know better.